Welcome to the Prolific Post Poetry Podcast. Today we have a Poets Connecting Workshop with Zan Johns. Don't go away. You're ready for some fun. Well, welcome to Poets Connection. This is your host, Lisa Tommy. Today we have just a couple of guests today, but we're two or more are gathered in the line of poets. Well, we're ready to go. I want to welcome Zan Johns today. She is our supreme host. She has um, come all the way from Colorado, although she cheated and went to New Mexico for a holiday. We won't hold it against her. Um, just tell you a little bit about Zan. She has Zanada Johns is, like I say, from Colorado. She's a two-time best-selling author. 2020 debut book, Poetic Forecast, Reflections on Life Purposes, Storms and Triumphs, top Amazon's bestseller list at number one in six categories and reached number one in another. Johns is a contributing author to the number one international bestseller, Voices of the 21st Century, Resilient Women Who Rise and Make a Difference, and that was published in February 2021. Believing that every word shared is an opportunity to love, Sam's writing will agitate, inspire, and comfort while prompting the reader to celebrate and reach out to others. Welcome, Zan. So great to have you here today. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Our workshop today is entitled, See Yourself in Others. Celebrate them, celebrate you. I wanted to talk about celebration because it's something that's near and dear to my heart. Many of the poems in Poetic Forecast pay tribute to other people. I celebrate milestones, events, and I wanted to talk to other poets about celebrating people through their writing. My... Um, history. Thank you for that great introduction, Lisa. That was very touching and moving. Uh, but back in ninth grade, I go, I go back to ninth grade when, when we had to do, it was my very first research paper. And the English teacher allowed us to write about whatever we wanted. And for some reason, I chose poetry. I, I drafted a paper that was entitled Nothing Tops Poetry. And most of the, the poems that I included in that report were written by white men. And it also included Langston Hughes, the only African-American poet that was taught to us in Louisiana. Later, when I left for college, I went to the University of Colorado and in my freshman year, I had the privilege, the honor of seeing Nikki Giovanni in person at our University Memorial Center. When Nikki Giovanni walked across the stage and recited her poetry, it sparked something in me. And it told me that I too could write poetry. So I continued on and started writing in 1976 and, and kept a collection of poems that I decided to publish in 2020, as Lisa said. In 2000, 
1997, I went to the Department of Human Resources when the vice chancellor asked, what are your priorities? What would you have accomplished in the first year of being in the Department of Human Resources? One of the top items was to create a recognition program for the team. I wanted to be able to celebrate the staff, celebrate anyone who contributed to the values that we claimed in the Department of Human Resources. I'm gonna go back because today we're talking about celebration. I'm gonna go back to the first memory of being celebrated myself. Most children probably would go back to being celebrated on their birthday. And on my birthday, my first memory of being celebrated was shared with my younger brother. My younger brother, Keith, is one year and one day younger than I am. So my first memory of being celebrated included someone else being celebrated with me. I believe that that's what sparked my belief that I, it's not always only about me. It's about sharing. It's about celebrating other people. So from my first memory of having fun and just being applauded for whatever, there was someone in company with me. The second thing is from junior high through my senior year of high school, I was a cheerleader. What do cheerleaders do? They celebrate people. They cheer for the team, they cheer for the school. Whatever is accomplished at the school is cheered on by the cheerleaders. So it's in my spirit. I believe that's why I hold that so dear to me. In my book, Poetic Forecast, I would say almost half of the poems deal with celebration. I have a series of poems that are called, that I call the At 50 series, where I celebrate, I celebrated my siblings and myself when we reached the age of 50. That milestone was important to me because our oldest sister passed away at the age of 48 before she reached 50. So I made a vow that I would celebrate that 50 milestone with each one of us. So there, it, there are poems in the book and I will share, I think I'll pause right now and share one of them. One of them was written to my sister Karen when she turned 50. And the reason I wanna share this one, just to spark our energy today, the reason I wanna share this one is it, it matches her personality. Karen is the feisty sister. And so as she turned 50, she was the second one. As she turned 50, I decided to honor her with this poem and it's called At 50 to Karen. You've courted 50 for over 49 years. It's here, it's now, Girl, go on and get it. Explore it, adore it, capture the beauty of it. Unbind it, define it, get all you want from it. Massage it, take charge of it. 
discover your place in it, move in it, groove in it, welcome the splendor of it, claim it, rearrange it, make yourself comfortable in it, mold it, control it, master the uniqueness of it, ignite it, excite it, free your spirit in it, relish it, cherish it, nurture your soul in it, run with it, have fun with it, be your best in it, care in it, share in it, find your place in it, enjoy it, thank God for it, and praise the blessing of it. So that was my tribute to Karen. I also, because we, thank you, thank you, Hannah. I like to pay tribute to people who are either dealing with a serious health issue or they've passed on. Grief, we all have to deal with grief. And what I've found is that it helps to honor that person. It helps, it helps me move through the process. And I've found that it helps others move through the process. And many of the poems pay tribute to someone who has passed on. And I'm gonna share a second poem. This was a, I had a friend who was expecting her third child. She had chosen a name. His name was Jordan. Premature birth. Jordan didn't make it. And they were devastated, of course. So was I. And she's very close to me. I decided to honor her with a poem about Jordan. And this one, I didn't plan to do it. Again, God gave me the words. So here's the tribute to Jordan, just to get us thinking about celebrating people when the time hurts, when we're dealing with pain. That which is precious is hard to let go. The loss of your loved one is painful, I know. I know that the joy I once saw on your face is covered by sadness, now there in its place. Sadness, reflecting your feelings of grief as you mourn little Jordan, whose life was too brief. He lived inside you. His presence was real. His movements within you, you remember still. You remember the sound of his every heartbeat and the music it made, the sound, how sweet. But that sound was absent on the day he was born. His silence was loud and your hearts were torn. His tender purpose was to enrich us all. Then when God asked for him, he answered that call. Just remember, the chain is fragile and weak, yet the heart is strong so it's protection we seek. It's strong enough to bear your unspeakable pain. 
turn to the Lord and your strength you'll soon regain. Turn also to family and friends who care. Your burdens and pain God sent us to share. We share your memory of what was precious and dear, and we will keep Jordan's memory forever near. Jordan, your small wonder is now in heaven above, but forever bound to you, my friends, by spirit and love. That's Jordan. Again, that one touches deeply, touches deeply. Yeah, so it brings tears to my eyes. Oh, yeah. And it, it moved him. So I actually read that poem. They had a service for him. Mm-hmm. And I shared that poem at his service. Oh, beautiful poem which, for that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. They have a um, copy of it hanging in their family room. Good, good. <laughs> Let's celebrate in a different way this time. <laughs> I think um, there were a cup. There's a poem in my book. I conclude poetic forecast with a. It's a long poem. I'm not going to read it today, but I just want to tell you about it. Uh, Lisa has read it. I dedicated this one to my husband's uncle Luther, who turned, who lived to be 101 years old. He was a singer on Broadway. Uh, a bachelor, a forever bachelor, wonderful man. And at his 90th celebration, I wrote a poem to ask him questions. And it's called Getting Personal with Uncle Luther. And to me, it was a way to get him to think back, ponder these questions, hear the questions. And as I read the questions to him, asking things like, how many sunsets have you seen? How many people have you loved? How many people do you miss? It was a way for him to reflect on his life through poetry. And we could see him thinking. We could see him coming up with the answers as I read that poem to him. And it meant so much to him that when we went back to celebrate his 100th birthday, They had this beautiful display of all of the memorabilia from his his time on Broadway and my poem, which was presented in a little chapbook, handmade chapbook, (laughs) was on display with all of the other things. It meant the world to him. So again, I was happy to celebrate him and it felt great. I'm going to share one last point. This was written for my niece and her husband when they got married. Um, It's to Angel and Warren in celebration of your marriage. And it is also included in Poetic Forecast. To Angel and Warren as you marry. I learned something last night that really warmed my heart. You both felt the spark of this love from the start. From different paths, you came to start your journey as one. And the rest of your story has beautifully just begun. 
Today, we all witnessed your love flowers in bloom. You are the loveliest bride and quite a handsome groom. I look forward to future blossoms from your blessed union of love. Others here would agree, as would family above. Warren, my mother would have loved you because you love one of her own. And my sister Rita would adore you for the gentleness you've shown. When you met Mama Kitty, she gave you caution, I am told. Remember wisdom from great grand grandmothers is truly something to behold. We proudly welcome you to our family and extend the angel to yours. As Mr. and Mrs. Carrington, may you together open doors. Always be happy, relying patiently on each other. Remain stable in your marriage as did your fathers and mothers. That's the last poem I will share from Poetic Forecast. Thank you so much, thank you so much. Uh, with that, I'm gonna stop because I wanted us as a group to have a chance to reflect on our own feelings and think about people that we might would want to honor. So Lisa, if it's okay with you, can we take 10 minutes or mm -hmm. we may not need yeah. 10 minutes, let's <laughs> take as long as we need uh -huh. and just kind of raise your hand when you're ready to share. Uh, why don't we think about the reasons you think about the reasons you'd want to celebrate someone else? What are your values? Uh, would you want to encourage people? What's on your mind today? Think of one person in particular that you want to write something about today and decide whether you'd like to share it with the group. Can we do that? Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, let's do that. All right. Everybody understands this is a, a, a first yes. thing. Okay, this is about my paternal grandmother and who was the ger first German family in her village to, to move to the States and incorporated the Christmas tree. That's sort of a side, but I just adored her. Nani, my beloved grandmother, strong in body and mind, raising two boys through the depression, divorced, alone, strong. Every night you'd place a plate of food in the mailbox for those who would wander by, hoping for a handout, hungry, tired, alone. You raised those boys on your own, your sons, the first to go to college. One would be my father, hardworking, strong, alone, in a different way. That's beautiful. Thank I you. could see her at the mailbox. I, I could envision your grandmother. Wow. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. She was a remarkable woman. Yes. You know, when I think back, you know, being divorced at that time period where that was such a taboo. Mm -hmm. And then to have two little boys on your own and she had a house, you know, she had to do all of that. Yeah. You know, just incredibly strong woman. You know what, Hannah, I, I wrote a poem two weeks ago to honor a 91 year old woman who, when she received my book, she was so touched. She was, she called me and was in tears. 
and I've spoken to her two or three times since. And that last conversation hit me so hard mm -hmm. that I wrote a tribute to her. She just uh -huh. received it on Saturday. Oh, and great. it made your poem made me think of that one because she raised six sons wow. as a single woman. Good God. Yeah, yeah. It it's will just, be in my next book. <laughs> it's stunning because now I'm like, I had two boys and I'm like, you know, and I complained about that. And I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> we had technology and all kinds of help. Wow. <laughs> well, that is have growing up. That's so moving. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. I, I look forward to reading the finished version. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm so moved by the poetry community after having published my book, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of your community. So thank you for including me. So my tribute, <laughs> excuse me, is about Lisa, tell me. Oh, wow. <laughs> it, and, and it's very raw, so bear, bear with me. Uh, poetry, the time is now. Thank you, Lord, for sending me to those who share the love of poetry. I have a new friend, sister, colleague. Her name is Lisa, last name Tomi. We don't have history, but we have now. We share a love for words, for people, all people. We love writing and love through writing. Our gifts, we do not take for granted. We create, then we give back to the universe as expected. That's, but wait, it's, I'm sorry, I lost myself. What an honor to engage with Lisa Tomey and the Prolific Pulse Poetry Community. Oh, wow. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> Beautiful. And I'm supposed to go on for that. <laughs> You're supposed to go on. She named her community perfectly, Prolific Pulse. I really like that. She did. She did. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lisa. I didn't Thank expect you. to do that, but um, <laughs> that's what hit me. So I'm going to, I'm going to, are we, are we good to move forward? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the next segment, uh, Lisa and I were talking one day about Amanda Gorman. And um, I was so moved by Amanda that I wrote a tribute to honor her. I'm not going to share that today. I haven't shared it, but it will be included in my next poetry book. Um, and one day I want her to receive that poem because the words honor her in, in the best way I can. So with that lead in, I'm going to turn it over to Lisa. Uh, Amanda Gorman, I mean, she is young, she's prolific. Um, she presents, you know, in the spoken word style of poetry. I've always, I've tried to experiment with that a little bit. And sometimes it comes out pretty good. And sometimes it needs work. Um, it, she makes it sound, look, she makes it sound so easy in the way she carries herself and her whole gestures and everything. But I'm sure she practiced and practiced and practiced in front of the mirror. I mean, you know, and she amazed the nation. I mean, when she did the presentation yeah. at the inauguration of President Biden, yeah. I mean, I mean, talking about stopping everyone dead in their tracks to pay attention. I'm like, yay, poetry. Go on, Amanda. So since that time, you know, I've been 
anytime I hear her speak, I mean, she's doing commercials. I mean, she, she just has this talent as a poet to present and I'm just amazed at her. And she's so young. And I was thinking about, you know, as I'm so busy with life and, and you know, and everything. And I found time to write. Um, but would I have stated my words out loud like she did? And, you know, at her age. And, you know, I started as a young poet and I did do some readings, you know, writings at church events. I was often the one who was asked to write poems and read it for, for church and stuff. Um, and um, so I often did read poetry or, or write plays. And, and um, so I want to think about or talk about, let's do an exercise, taking a few minutes to do an, a free writing about how poetry has been incorporated into your life. So ask the question, how do you see yourself as a poet? What do others see in you? And what do you visualize going forward? I fought it. I rejected it. I resisted and then reluctantly, begrudgingly succumbed to the call of poetry. Warmth replaced cold. Joy replaced melancholy and the acceptance and love grew. Love it. I love that you rejected it, but you couldn't get, it found you. You couldn't mm -hmm. get away from it. That's right. Yeah, it persisted. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm glad it did. Me too. It's so me funny too. because when I, you know, finally, you know, and I went into it because a friend of mine convinced me to take a poetry class from her professor at Hunter College. And the last time I even thought about poetry was, was in fifth grade when I was humiliated by my teacher. Oh my. <laughs> made, you know, an example of me in front of the whole class. So mm. I was like, oh, all right, I'll try it. Not already deciding to hate it before I got there. And then the exact opposite happened. And then all I could think of was like, you know, another damn thing where I'm not going to make any money. First I had to be a dancer and then <laughs> pastry chef and all these things that make no money. <laughs> Uh, well, you can always write that poem about the humiliation. That sounds exactly. like a good uh, yes. catharsis. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I think I might have that somewhere because that's burned in my brain that I could tell you what yeah. the classroom smelled like, everything. Oh, my. <laughs> so you did you write about it? I did, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. A last in memory. I had vindication because that teacher was fired at the end of the year. <laughs> Wow. There you go. <laughs> and and <laughs> teachers, teachers have such an impact. It they can really be do. Good or bad. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll share what I did to answer the question how I see myself as a poet. Um, you know, the write your life in six words in a six-word sentence. Yeah, yeah. I did a I did a few six-word sentences. At 18, too shy to share. At 25, I write, I reflect. At 38, life is much better. At 50, I want to publish. At 63, I can't keep quiet. How others see me as a vessel intended to share, to inspire, and to help people through difficult times. Going forward, I can't stop writing. Mm. 
Love Very it. good. Yes. Yes. It's like that's a, where we are, right? Injection of poetry. Just you yeah. know, <laughs> of so many poets who were refusing to speak or very quiet and withdrawn. I mean, I was that kid that hid behind everybody in the classroom. When, you know, the idea of getting up and speaking in front of anyone, <laughs> I'd rather die. <laughs> and then later, you know, my parents let me be a living nanny at 15, which is like the best thing I could have ever done wow. on, on the Cape in Massachusetts for a whole summer. Ooh. I had Ooh. really just what my confidence needed because I had zero. And I decided that now I had control of yes. my clothes, of how I could appear at school, because I used to have to wear my sister's hand-me-downs, and she's three mm -hmm. years older, and stuffed newspapers into her shoes so they'd fit mine. <laughs> but now I had a job, and I could get my own clothes. And I did this complete turnaround when I started high school, and decided that I'm going to look everybody in the eye, and I'm going to smile and say hello no matter what. And they're like, who are you? <laughs> and then I never shut up after that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's funny is I, I feel like two people. I grew mm -hmm. up, I was shy, but I was one of six siblings and oh, wow. they wouldn't allow me to be shy. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want other people to know that I was shy. When I tried out for cheerleader, you can't be a shy cheerleader. Right. So right. in the background, I wanted to be quiet and even growing up my voice, I wanted to be not in the limelight, Mm -hmm. But I kept pushing myself out there to fight it, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. even with my poetry, it was personal. Yeah. I didn't, I wanted to share it, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. So still fighting that. And now I'm like, I'm ready. I'm going to share. Yeah. 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 It's just been the last year or two that I've gotten to the point where I can share it like that. I've always been mm -hmm. nervous about it, but doing critique groups helped me a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is what came to my mind. I'm not even sure it has anything to do with my prompt, but here we go. <laughs> this happens sometimes. Looking at my life as a poet, I cannot imagine any other light. It touches everything I do. When having a conversation with someone else, I frequently stated, there's a poem in that. Essentially, yes. Essentially, poetry provides life breath. It provides energy, awareness, problem-solving skills. As I write, I get excited. There comes the energy. As I write, the light bulb comes on and ideas flow. As I write, I sort out what is going on and seek solutions. Through keeping aware, trusting the muse of understanding, of awareness of new possibilities, of a different point of view, and of being who I was meant to be. After all, if we open ourselves up to the possibility of poetry leading our lives, we open up the doors to the world and all it has to offer and what we have to offer to the world. And isn't that poetry? Man, yes, it is. Seeing it everywhere. Just, you know, growing up with my father, we used to see alleyways and things like that. Oh, that's a great place to, you know, for a scene. And now mm -hmm. it's like I see that and the poem. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's poetry in everything. Yes, yeah, it really is. I think we covered everything we intended to cover. Okay. Uh, I want to ask Hannah if she wants to share anything more before we wrap it up. The demise of Mr. Smith is fun. Yes, I like that one. <laughs> he was an evil man, bullying and belligerent, and then he hit her. 
on his phone coming down the stairs. I screamed. He startled and tumbled down, landing in a grotesque arabesque. I sniffed his nose. Satisfied, I returned to my place in the sun, purring with my tail neatly tucked in. Hmm. Hmm. I've got to get a hold of your writing, Hannah. <laughs> oh, Hannah's got some beautiful words. I am intrigued. Yes, yes. This is yeah. Been, yeah. I feel like we've been sitting around the coffee table. I know, isn't it? Nice time. I, I like it actually. Sometimes things happen just how they're supposed to. Yep. Thank you, Zan, for doing this today. We may have to cook yes. up some more workshops. This was fun. Please do. I'd be happy to join you again. Well, thank you all. Hi, this is Lisa Tomey. As part of our workshop, I wrote a poem. I'm going to share it now. Um, it's called Jeffrey. A child who started off betrayed by health when he was born. We cherished him and helped him succeed in keeping life and he was spared. While he had maladies, no shame would ever find the way to us. His family, we saw to him. And as a child, his life was good. We relied on the grace of God to help us follow Jeffrey's needs. Sometimes it was hard to know, but nonetheless, we helped him see. Through eyes we had and to his ears, with arms around him whispering sweet songs, melodies often made up. It was important to enhance his life as he grew. While his time was shorted to just nine years, the blessings we have Lasted through more, a life lived well, a life of more. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Come back again soon. Would you like to be on our podcast? Send an email to prolificpulse at gmail.com. I will get back to you soon. Thank you. Have a good day.